Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cop Father. I am Craig Riddell, along with Dennis Cornelius. How are you making out today? Good, bro. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. So I, I'm reading a lot about all this computer hacking going on, the investigations going on. 2016, Russians hacking, taking information from computers. And it made me think things haven't changed that much. And we know of a story that we actually have been working on researching for years now. And it's it's a, a story that we actually have a script, which uh, you put together. We've kind of put it on the shelf because we got busy with other stuff, and I want to dust it off and take a look at it again. We have researched this topic, traveling, yeah. different locations, just to find out what I was handed, if it was factual and it was true. And it goes back to 2006. I had a radio show, a daily talk radio show on uh, AM 640 here in Toronto. I had cops and bad guys sending me stories all the time to talk about on the radio. And I had a couple FBI agents who had just retired, got a hold of me. And because of the internet, the show was all over the place. And there was a story they thought I could talk about on the radio. It was about an incident in 1971, March 8th in a town just west of Philadelphia, in a town called Media, Pennsylvania. And during this night, March 8th, 1971, the first Fraser Ali fight, 80% of America were watching this fight. Streets were dead, especially in a small town like Media. At the time, unknown suspects broke into an unmarked, a two-person FBI office in Media and took out hundreds if not thousands of files of J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI spying on everybody in America. This is where they kept the files. And they were doing it through a program called COINTELPRO, which was put together in 1956. COINTELPRO was counterintelligence program, a domestic spy agency within the FBI, and they were spying on everybody. It took more than just one or two people. They took out so many files during the fight. I was told you should look into this and talk about it because nobody seemed to know about it at the time. But then you and I kind of really got intrigued with this as a research project for future, whether it was a documentary or a film, you did put an incredible script together for this. And it just took us on a, a, a wild ride. Yeah. Crazy, crazy ride. You know, do you remember it started on a very, ominous 
point, the starting off point, you held on to it for a couple of years. We did the pilot for uh, the bridge. And then when we wrapped that up before we went to series, you continued a little research and you put your credit card down to access some material in Washington. Yes. And weren't you flagged and your old friend, the police chief, yeah, Chief so, called and said, what are you doing? Yeah, so I hired a university student from, I think, University of Toronto, who yeah. was a researcher, and it was part of her course or something. So we yeah. hired her on to say, listen, we got something here. We don't know what we got. And it was a break and ender in, in 1971, this stuff. See what you can go to the archives and find out. I think within days, I got a phone call. Actually, at the time, he was still active, police chief. Yeah. And said, I got a call from Washington. The information you're, first of all, he said, what are you doing? What are you up to? And I, I didn't know this is what he was talking about. I think I was still, no, I wasn't doing the radio show anymore. We were oh, doing the wow. TV. TV. And uh, he said, you got people in Washington concerned of what you're looking into. And I gave this student my credit card. So if you had to pay for anything. I just, just put it on this number, and, and that's how my name came up. Because I guess she was researching in Washington, and and you ended up going to it, the library there. Library of Congress, yeah. yeah. And that's a, we'll get into that. He said, you know, you're making people nervous. And then at that point, I think we knew we had something. Yeah. Like, why is this flagged? Nobody seemed to care about this. And then I thought, okay. So I went to the students and said, thank you very much. I paid her, and I said, I didn't want her to get involved in this thing up to her neck. It wasn't fair to her. Yeah. And then we took it upon ourselves and say, okay, yeah. let's find out what's really going on here. So the break and enter occurs in media, Pennsylvania. The, the next morning, the FBI director at the time was still Hoover. He reacted immediately and harshly to the media break-in. The agent in charge of media was suspended without pay for a month and was given a disciplinary transfer to Atlanta field office. Within four months, Hoover had closed down 103 of the FBI's 538 resident agencies. And the security in the remaining ones that were left open was strengthened. Hoover also ordered a major FBI investigation codenamed Medberg. And Medberg is uh, short for Media, Pennsylvania, and Berg for the burglary into that office. So Medberg, he codenamed him Medberg, which we found out later. Yeah. We, weren't even, we didn't even know there was a code name to this thing. So anytime an agent was working on this, they couldn't talk about it. It was top secret. And he brought in like 100 agents to find out who broke into our office. Agents from around the country were brought in to aid in the investigation, which focused on different peace groups and anti-war activists, special interest groups. They knew a pretty good idea who they thought had done it. To this day, this break and enter was still unsolved. Years later, a group came forward called the Citizens Commission to investigate the FBI who came forward and admitted to doing the break and enter that night. And at the time, although the media break and enter did not make any major headlines, and this is part of our story which leads into it, the assistant director of the FBI, right under Hoover, a gentleman named Mark Felt, he phrased it the watershed event of the history of the FBI. And this went pretty much under the radar because at the same time, let's think about what's going on. Yeah. Right after this, the, the Pentagon Papers came out. I've always thought about that, and we're trying to go through a period of time here leading to what we eventually found out. 
I think the Pentagon Papers saved the FBI in a way. I always thought this break and enter was much bigger, as big as the Pentagon Papers were. The information that this group took out was more damaging toward the FBI because the Pentagon Papers were about the past four presidents of the United States, about how they were purposely instigating the Vietnam War long before Nixon was even president. We're talking about Johnson and Kennedy, Eisenhower, and it was about what the presidents had done to provoke the war in Vietnam. That's pretty much what the the Panama Papers were. This was a watershed moment of the FBI. This was like nobody knew they were spying on America. At the time, they were blackmailing Martin Luther King about an affair he had with a woman. Hoover wrote him, told him he should kill himself before we release this information. He was spying on the Kennedys. He was spying on half of Hollywood. I mean, this COINTEL program, the information they took out of this office and media, was staggering. He had 300 postmen or postwomen on the payroll who were going through your mail throughout America. It was staggering what was going on. Every door we opened, Dennis, it, new information came out. That yeah. We were the shocked rabbit at. Hole, the rabbit hole that we went down. And you're right. The Pentagon Papers, all nations in one time in their history have faked something as a pretext for war. And the Pentagon Papers seemed like it knocked everything off the news before Watergate, while this one, the counterintelligence program, from Sunday school teachers to Black Panthers to actors, writers, directors, to union leaders, it was your neighbor and your neighbors. It was East Germany. People were dropping dimes to undercover FBI agents. It was way more sinister. It was really, and it had been happening even to Even to today's standards, Dennis. I know, you know, like Hoover, once they got caught, he stopped the COINTEL program in 1971. He never stopped it. They just went further underground. They just continued doing it. In fact, up to 2006, which I think is why these guys sent this to me, the Patriot Act, which Bush brought in, the wording is almost identical to the COINTEL pro. Like 50 years later, the way they described the Patriot Act is identical to COINTELPRO, which was put together in 1956, almost to the day, 50 years to the day. They never stopped it. They just changed the wording of it. Now, they were also going after the Ku Klux Klan. Yes. And extremist, rightist groups and racist groups and white power and all that. And also people that were planning on blowing up bridges how to do chaos, how to rip apart the United States. Yeah, the the Weathermen organization that in the, the 70s men. were blowing everything up in America. So uh, anti, anti-war, anti-this. I mean, it was a very violent time in history. So we decided to go on the road. What we we're finding as our investigation continue on is just over a year after this break and enter, Hoover passes away, natural causes. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. And I think there was panic in Washington. And there was definitely panic within the FBI. And I got to go back to how I ended up with this story. In the first place, it was two retired FBI agents said, you should talk about this on the radio show. And I've always thought where I was leaning, it was there was sympathy within the FBI that this was wrong what they were doing. There were rogue agents that just didn't agree with this. So I was leaning toward the fact that, okay, there might have been this hippie group. But at the time, the FBI had infiltrated uh, these left-wing groups. They were undercover within the groups. There is no other way, I think, of of anybody getting away with this unless the FBI were aware of it, whether it was a rogue group or not, to get away with this break and enter. And then Hoover dies in May. And June, June 17th, 1972, was Watergate, the second break and enter into Watergate, where the plumbers, the five plumbers got caught and the world changed as we know it when it comes to politics in, in America. These files that they took after they delivered some to the Washington Post and the New York Times, I think the LA Times got a copies of it also at the time, right after the break and enter in media. There was quite a few files out there, and we were leading toward that the files ended up at the Democratic headquarters in the Watergate building before the break and enter. Because there is part of our research we have found yes the plumbers went in to do some more bugging of the phones but they also they went in to take files out it's always been up in there all the reasons why the plumbers went in they did get caught with wiretap equipment and they got caught red-handed but you don't need five people to go in to a building to wiretap you only need one person to do that and one person to keep an eye but if you take five people you're going to go into carry boxes out so without giving away our story and the ending of our story on the on our project here, we believe that there was a connection between media in March 71 and Watergate June 72. And the files actually ended up there. And we thought, who's the best person to speak to about this on the connection? You know, two Canadians that really shouldn't give a crap about what happens in America, but we were intrigued with this. We thought we were onto something here. And I think it was you said, why don't we just reach out to Bob Woodward? I think that's how it came. That's how I remember. I reached out to him during the Toronto International Film Festival with our idea and our chat. And he answered, I think he answered my email. Then he so answered let's he explain, me number. Just so anybody, explain who Bob Woodward is. Well, Bob Woodward obviously was one half of the Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward, the two Washington Post journalists that broke the Watergate story when no one else was sniffing around, which became all the president's men which was also an Oscar winner with uh, Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman. And he's considered basically one of the, I think, the greatest journalists ever. If you look up Bob Woodward, he's written some amazing books. And, you know, it's, I mean, who else can, you know, Robert Redford plays you in a movie, All the President's Men. That's not bad. So you reached out. We're going to be in Washington. And he was like, why don't you come by my house and we'll talk about it. Like it was surreal. What I called you, I said, Bob Woodward invited us over to discuss. Do you remember that drive from Toronto? Like it was, 
people couldn't believe it. What do you mean, Bob Woodward? I go, yeah, we're going over in Georgetown. No, he and it was who surreal, a complete gentleman. No, yeah. no concern because we said, here's what we're working on. We got an idea. We, we were going to start with you and work backwards on our research. Like we just thought, we didn't think he was going to pick up the phone and say, come and see me. <laughs> he says, yeah, let's, let's talk about it. And we were doing a number of other things in, in Washington also at the time, but we went yeah. to see him in his house. We actually took him out. We said, what do we take him? So we took him some uh, Canadian whiskey, Crown Royal. He didn't want yeah. to accept any gifts. No. Totally understand. I think we drank it that night after we left him, <laughs> which was fine with us. I think we took him some maple syrup too or something. But he We wouldn't. did. And did he keep the maple syrup? I'm not sure, but he didn't want to give the impression that he was partnering yeah. up And we us. understood. That's, that's no yeah. problem. So at the end of the day, we had a nice two-hour meeting yeah. in his in his living room. He pretty much said, listen, guys, I haven't heard this angle before, but in this story, anything's possible. He just said, listen, I haven't heard this. I think we caught him a bit off guard. We but, did. And he was like, okay, I really haven't, but anything's possible. So we left feeling pretty good. Said, listen, he Bob, said, thank you. you. Remember what he said? He said, look, when Carl and I started hounding this trail of of watergate they thought we were crazy yeah. too yeah and look where that led and i remember so, that yeah he he did he said they thought we were crazy too and this is sounds crazy but i don't know i've never i've never heard this one before this angle and because we made the correlation between the medberg burgley because remember the key thing in all the president's men Nixon is winning by 70%. There was no reason for the Republicans to go bug them. He was going to win a landslide, which he did the greatest landslide ever. He took 49 out of 50 states. So why go in and bug? You're already off. You're going to seal the deal. Why do it? There had to be something else. So we ended up, through our research while we were in Washington, we found the actual underground parking where Bob Woodward would meet with Deep Throat. Yeah. And we won't identify Deep Throat right now. We'll just keep with this story. And we found the actual underground. And I'll remember this because we always have to chuckle at ourselves. I thought we were just big shots. We found it. We go there. There's actually a sign by one of the pillars in the underground, which yeah. gave me goosebumps like this is where it happened, thinking, God, we found it. Let's take pictures. We know where they were exactly. And then we go outside and there's a huge plaque announcing this is where they used to meet. It was like, oh my God. But again, we, thought we discovered it. We discovered it. And it's like this massive plaque about these meetings between Bob Woodward of the Washington Post and Deep Throat. So, anyways, what got me going was even with the plaque, nobody talked about this. It was, it was like, it was almost like a moment in history people didn't want to go through again, even though it's still happening now. Yeah. So, the research side of this, and I want to explain this. Because I don't think we ever did get to the bottom of Watergate, why it happened. I think there's a number of reasons why it happened. Not theories, reasons. Definitely, they wanted to wiretap. Definitely, they wanted to go in and take information out. They wanted to go take files out. It was never found out which files. It was never found out this. So through our story and our investigation and our research, we found that there is a a big chance that there is a connection between Media Pennsylvania, and 15 months later, the Watergate in Washington, both break and enters, both for the same political reasons. I thought that we should bring it up again and talk about it and see if there's any, you know, dust off the script and take a look at it again. 
in our story, we have a very sympathetic FBI agent who is fictional, but it's a combination of a number of people. You know, the FBI, some agents found out what they were doing because there wasn't that big a group that knew about all the spying going on. They really did keep church and state within the agency as who knew and who didn't know. And I think there was a lot of younger agents that thought, okay, there's something wrong here. Like, there's no judge's orders. There's no search warrants. They're just openly through their agents doing this thing out there. So I wanted to go on the angle where this is not right. You know, there are rules put in place. There's mechanisms put in place where you have to be controlled as what you do as any law enforcement agency to do your job. And this whole program, COINTELPRO, led to almost like reverse anarchy. And it was way out of whack. And I think there were people within the agency that just didn't agree. It was a crisis of conscience, I think. Even the first two retired guys that gave it to you, I think they were torn between patriotic duty and morally, this is wrong. We have become, what are we, the KGB? What are we, uh, you know, communist China? You said something. You think it never actually was dismantled. No. I just think they went further underground. There's no way they... Hoover came out. They got caught red-handed. Nobody knew about COINTELPRO. Nobody knew that they had tens of thousands of files they were spying on America. This was a domestic spy agency. We found black ops. We found where the FBI might have been involved in some assassinations. It's an incredible story. And I just think they said we stopped it, but they never stopped it. They just continued on. They had to go further underground to, to fight it. Just because they stopped COINTELPRO, the left-wing anarchists, it was still going on. They were still, uh, the, the weathermen came about after this, right? Around so, that time, they were still. Yeah, but they're still active. Yeah. Yeah. So they just said, listen, we got to protect America. We would rather have it like Ozzy and Harriet. You know, they never went after the Bible thumpers. They wanted America to be clean or come across that way. And just that's just not the way it is, even today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the March Spring Sale, March 15th through the 25th, and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $28.92. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 35% off all of our other colors. Stop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. So they wanted to control how America lived. And that's what this program was about. And you got to remember, COINTELPRO from 56 to 71 went through a number of presidents, including right. Democratic presidents. You know, Kennedy, he was around when this thing was going on. He would have known about this program. Look, Hoover was the most intimidating political force, Republican or Democrat, because he lived and worked under seven presidents like that's an entire chunk of the century wow. and 
Part he, of COINTELPRO was to spy on all seven of those people. It's, that's he had right. Dirt. He had dirt on everybody. Exactly. That's how so he survived. The, 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 the creepiest thing, I don't know if we weave this into the story, but the truth is William Sullivan, who was the godfather of the counterintelligence program and the architect with Hoover, when in the mid-70s, when the church committee came out to investigate what COINTELPRO did from 56 to 71, William Sullivan was shot in a freak hunting accident in Virginia. Yeah, a number of people have died See? by accident through <laughs> what we found out that were involved in this original COINTELPRO Medberg investigation. You know, I don't want to give too much away here, but it, it, right, right. it's a mind-blowing story. The other thing I really enjoyed, and we did this upon ourselves. This is all our legwork on this. We actually went to media, Pennsylvania. We actually went to the site where this break and enter, the small office building, second story, where it happened. We went back to 1971. This entire town building, the street it was on, hadn't changed in 71. The archive pictures were the same. Nothing had changed in this building, including the, the, the same owners of that building where the FBI had their uh, offices. There was a law firm, a Greek-American law firm on the second floor, one did remember a BBC foreign crew come in the 70s and do a little piece on the break-in, but it never really made any national attention. It was wiped right off the front pages by the Pentagon Papers. But you remember that night, we waited till nightfall, and we literally, like forensic criminologists, we were trying to figure out how they would have walked, where they would have parked, gone into the building, because... Everybody was blowing up draft things and burning up draft cards, but whoever went in there knew what they were looking for. So the inside job seems pretty good theory. Yeah, we found out after that this group, Citizens Commission to investigate the FBI, did have some deep undercover FBI agents with them. So the fact that where they went in, and they went in pretty quick, and when we looked at the office, you would have to know where everything was to find the file. So there's no doubt in my mind there was a inside job, whether it was the infiltrators or as some sympathetic agents who assisted them because there was no other way they could have pulled this off without knowing where to go, which doors were left unlocked, you know, just taking a chance to go in. Cause there, there was seven of them that went in as it turned out. That's a lot of people. That's a big chance. And it goes back to Watergate. Why did five go into that building for that break and enter into democratic headquarters? You didn't need five people. You, know, you need one person to bug a phone and that's it. That's all they were apparently going in to try to do. But I remember we were talking to, I think it was the administrator of this office building who actually were the owners. And they were shocked what we were there for. Even they said, yeah, I kind of remember in 71 it happening, but we were saying, no, this is the degree of what's happening. Fast forward to this year and they're putting a plaque up on that building now. I read, this is where it happened. This is- Commemorated. Yep. There's no doubt 10 years before we were on to something. We still are. And I think we got to do something with this because of what we found out. And we're, le- we're purposely leaving a lot out here. Of, yeah. You know, the five W's of a story. So it was intriguing. It got me to look into the story again because of all these investigations on the go right now for the hacking, the Russian hacking in 2016. A different form of hacking has been going on for a long, long time. Yeah, it's the disinformation is the link. They used to send letters out to warring or, you know, competing 
Black Liberation Army to Black Panther, suggesting this guy is sleeping with your wife. Disinformation to get them to go clash amongst each other. That whole chaos, the whole thing that the Russians, the meddling, that's the DNA. That was the original disinformation, COINTELPRO. So uh, without giving too much of the ending away, there was one person who was a common denominator in that 15 months between March 71 and June 72. And there's one person that was seen to be connected with everything. And in the middle of that was Hoover dying. That's this gentleman named Mark Felt. And Mark Felt was the number two director for a long time, had been promised to take over Hoover, whether Hoover passed away or retired. The moment that the break and enter media happens, Hoover gives it to Felt, get to the bottom of this. So Felt was involved in that break and enter. Hoover dies a year later. Felt is told he will become the director of the FBI. And then Nixon kiboshes it. And remembering that all the spy files is still out there that they took from the media. And then June comes that year. And then there's the Watergate break-in. And Mark Felt turned out to be Deep Throat. He was Deep Throat that was given the information to the Washington Post, Bob Woodward, Bernstein. And so we started focusing on Felt. And he was the one common denominator between all of the, this 15-month period. wasn't much after June 72 where Felt was actually placed on charges. He was placed on charges for spying, doing exactly what COINTELPRO was doing. I guess they set him up and put him on charges. He was found guilty. The first time this has ever happened, Ronald Reagan becomes president in 1980. Yeah. And the first thing he does is pardon Mark Felt. Not at the end of the presidency, at the beginning of the presidency. So he got pardoned. The theory is Felt knew so much about everybody. He could have written a book. Nobody at the time knew he was deep throat. That didn't come out for another 16 years after. But Reagan would have known, being a Republican, and wanted to protect the agency, protect the embarrassment. So Felt is found guilty for spying on America, and he gets pardoned after his conviction. So... We started concentrating on the Medberg story with Mark Felt and that period of time, really from 71, 1981. The pardoning someone at the start of your reign was very telling out of the fear. But you know what I found fascinating? That Woodward and Felt both successfully covered and never revealed Deep Throat until that LA Times article in 2004, where his daughter, Mark Felt's daughter, admitted to the press because he had Alzheimer's. It was never going to be found out. The guy almost got away with being deep throat. Yeah, the deal deal Woodward had with Mark Felt was they're going to keep it a secret until he passed away. And I think his daughter saw an opportunity here to set the record straight. There is a theory out there, two theories. And I think you know how I feel about this. Some consider him a national hero, Mark Felt, for what he did, turning into deep throat, giving the information to the media. And there's no doubt on mine, the only reason he did it, because I know how law enforcement, when they get turned down from promotion, when he didn't get the promotion, if he had become the director of the FBI, which he was promised, he never would have been deep throat. He never would have turned over the information. When he got turned down and Nixon bypassed him, he looked for the first opportunity to screw Nixon. And that was sabotage. The, uh, that was the break and enter into Watergate. And that goes back to the files in, in media Pennsylvania. 
after a while, he was found guilty. And if he had become the director of the FBI, none of this would have came to light. None of this information, the burglars and Watergate would have got away with it. It would have stopped at them instead of the executive branch of the White House. And he, if he was director, he would have covered it all up. No doubt in my mind. And when he had his come-to-Jesus moment that I got to talk to the media, that was after he got turned down to run the FBI, which he had been promised once Hoover died. And so when you look at it that way, our story, and we're trying to get as much information in as short as time as we have here, our story concentrates on the role of Mark Felt from start to finish. Yeah. They never even touched on any of this in the Liam Neeson film. Oh, that was very disappointing. They missed so much on that. So much they missed out on that. It was sugar-coated. If yeah. they made that, that's the hero version yeah. of Mark Felt. Yeah. We will we will have to discuss and see where we left off and see if there's an updating necessary for 2021 regarding that. Oh, no, group. I think there's, because it's it's never stopped. Yeah. Whether it's America doing themselves, which are still spying on themselves, Snowden, that's part of what that was, or the Russians are doing it, or the Chinese are doing it. They're, everybody's doing it. Let's not pretend like it's not going on. Where I'm intrigued is back in 71, because things are bad now. I think in the late 60s, early 70s was worse for America back then. They didn't know where this thing was going to go. Great memories, my friend, as always. We are going to start researching this again, and we will let everybody know how this turns out. But uh, if you get a chance, uh, research yourself. Media Pennsylvania, FBI, great story incredible story that hasn't been told yet and dennis i are going to make sure it gets told thanks everybody go to info at copfather.com any comments any new leads let us know and we'll talk to everybody soon thanks dennis across america bp supports more than two hundred seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the March spring sale, March 15th through the 25th, and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $28.92. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, get 35% off all of our other colors. Stop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details.